0: Welcome to the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church Podcast, where the Reverend Leo R. Thomas is our pastor. As a church, we desire to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all are saved. We hope that you're encouraged by this message. Morning family, as pastor, it is Sunday morning, June the 7th, June the 7th, the first Sunday in the month of June. And uh, we are excited about the things of God. We're excited about the revelation of God. We're excited about uh, the consecration of God. And uh, I'm excited that you all are here. I appreciate you tuning in once again to the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church podcast to our church family, Mount Sinai family. Man, we miss you. We love you. And we pray that you are holding up well under the circumstances. I'm not gonna ever stop saying that. Uh, until I'm able to look upon you and to try your continence for myself. uh, I'm praying that you're holding up well to all of our listeners abroad in other countries, of course, in other states, uh, we are just appreciative that you would take time out again to listen to this small church down in the great city of San Pedro, California, uh, and hear what uh, thus saith the Lord based on his revelation uh, to me, a lowly pastor born in the great city of Watts, reared in the great city of Compton and South Central Los Angeles. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad about it. I'm proud about that, amen. (laughs) Hey, listen, a couple of things before we get started. I wanna make sure that everyone is still keeping uh, in mind all of the civil unrest that is going on and the reasons behind it. Please do not allow the media to change the narrative of why this is such a critical time in the history of these United States in which we live. Amen. Uh, This is a critical time. We're seeing things that we've not seen in my generation. I know those of you who participated and or was witness to the civil rights movement of the 60s, the 50s and the 60s, uh, I'm assuming that this seems very familiar uh, to you. But for those of us who were born in the 60s, uh, this is foreign territory to see so many people so boldly so aggressively and consistently speaking out against the powers that be uh, and are saying by way of their voice, by way of their protest, uh, and I'm talking about the peaceful protest, that this is wrong, amen, and it is, and it is. People, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, have every reason to be outraged. I am outraged. Uh, I'm frustrated, I'm angry. Uh, And of course, I'm saddened by the condition of the greatest country in the world. And quite honestly, how we seem to always want to get down. We always want to get down from a separation perspective. And that's not the way God would have it to be. So I'm praying for all of you and praying for your children and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews, uh, all of those who are out on the front lines, marching and allowing their voices to be heard. Please know Mount Sinai is lifting you up. In prayer, A couple of things I want to mention real quick before we get into the word of God. I want you to be praying for Mother Doris Turner and Deacon Turner, the Turner family as a whole. Uh, Mother Turner has a brother who lives in Texas in Houston by the name of John Willie Ray, who was ill. Uh, they don't believe that he's going to... Uh, make it much longer, he will probably be transitioning here based on what the doctor's reports are uh, relatively soon. Unfortunately, she cannot go down and see him uh, and be there to comfort her family and to see her brother. Uh, So mother, I'm praying for you. This is a challenging time for people who have gone through this process. I think about the Gatlins, I think about Minister King, Faith Canty, the Parkers, when you have a loved one that you can't even go and sit with them, uh, and reminisce even but for a short time and talk about things that you remember from the past, growing up, et cetera, uh, because of this COVID 19 and the fact that it keeps us separate from one another. My heart breaks for you. My heart grieves for you and your family at this time. And I'm praying, Mother, that He would comfort you and your entire family. Uh, at whatever it is that God has decided to do next. I'm just praying that you would be strengthened and encouraged in the midst of it all. We also got a request from uh, Deacon Stanley Thomas asking that we pray for law enforcement, those who are on the front lines of all of the protests, the civil unrest, but specifically that we pray for uh, those who are Black, amen, the African-American police officers who have been thrust into this situation in which I'm sure they feel conflicted based on all that's going on and based on how potentially their counterparts may view them and deal with them. We're praying for you, brother. We're praying for all of those who carry the badge and all of those who take seriously the oath of protecting and serving the community in which they are patrolling and overseeing. Listen, we're lifting you up before the Lord. We thank God that you're safe. And uh, we pray that you just be encouraged mentally and emotionally uh, during this time. Listen, family, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord and uh, let's prepare ourselves for the word of God. God, we thank you and praise you, how we give you honor and glory for this is the day you've made. Rejoice and be glad in it. God, we come before thee thanking thee for blessing us to see another day. We thank you, Lord God, for how you've covered us. We thank you, Lord, for how you've blessed us and watched over us, Lord. We thank you for keeping our minds right, keeping us steadfast, unmovable, and abounding in your work, knowing, reminding us that it's not in vain, uh, but we know that there are rewards connected to that which we do down here. Uh, but Lord, we're not doing it for the reward. We're doing it so that you might be glorified by your people. God, we ask that you would touch those who uh, are just uh, afflicted today, Lord God, those who in the midst of situations and circumstances, that are beyond their control and beyond uh, that which even makes sense, Lord God. They're just trying to make sense of their lives and everything that's going on. And God, touch them right now. Give them clarity of thought as only you can. Touch those, Lord God, who are bereaved, those whose hearts are heavy, those, Lord God, who are dealing with uh, the anxiety and the angst of losing a loved one. Lord, touch them In a special way, Lord God, we pray that you would comfort them in the midst of their sorrow, soothe the hurt and the pain, Lord God, Uh, and we'll be careful to give you praise, honor and glory. Now, God, we ask for a blessing upon the word, uh, because that's the reason we're here, Lord God, is to hear the word. We know the Holy Spirit is going to rain down blessings from heaven upon us, Lord God. Open us up even now. Prepare us for that which is to be heard even now, Lord God, that we would be receptive, Lord God, that we would take your word, hide it in our hearts that we may not sin against thee. God will be careful to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory, for you're worthy of that and much more. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, listen, we're still in the book of Isaiah. I'm still in the book of Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, we are still dealing with the fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ, the fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ. And it is part four, part four, part four. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, here is what the word of God says in verses 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it, amen. Verses 10 amen. and 11, let the people of God say, amen, amen. Bless you, family. Amen. Listen, here in this text, as we're continuing in this process, this mindset of fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ, here, here's what I want you to understand and to know today is I want you to understand the value and develop a greater appreciation for the word of God. Uh-huh understand the value and develop a greater appreciation for the word of God. I'm sure all of us at some time or another has watched the TV game show, Jeopardy. As a matter of fact, my family and I were watching it just the other night. Um, And if you have, you would know the host of the show is a gentleman by the name of Alex Trebek. Some of you will remember he made news last year when he announced that he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. He's been the host of Jeopardy for over 36 years. What you may not know is that they generally take two of those shows at the same time with the same audience, but with different contestants. While they're preparing for the second show, I heard, I've not experienced it, but I've heard that sometime Mr. Trebek comes out and talks with the audience. He comes out just to fellowship with them, get to know them a little bit, and he allows the audience to ask questions of him. However, inevitably, the number one question that most people want to know is, how much of the trivia that is presented on the show, Jeopardy! does Mr. Trebek actually know the answer to? Uh, And I've heard, once again, I've heard, I've not witnessed it for myself, but I've heard that he answers the question the same way each time. He says, I know all of them because I have the answers right here in front of me. Yeah. He, he, he does not know it based on his memory and doesn't know it based on his own knowledge, but he knows it because the answers are right there presented in front of him. And family, if you have a Bible in front of you, I want you to know that all of the answers that you could possibly need to know about life and living are right there in front of you. And they are in the word of God. They're right there at your beck and call. It's right there for you to dig into and to labor over, but it's all in the Word of God. All that you'll need to know about the ups and the downs of life, all that you'll need to know about the lefts and the rights of life, all that you'll need to know about the good and the not so good of life is right there in the Word of God. All we need to do is get into the book. And if we get into the book, guess what? I guarantee you the book will get into you because you will quickly discover that God has laid out the blueprint for a purposeful, productive, and positive life for his children. If we're willing to be dedicated to him, if we're willing to be consecrated to him. I did not say an easy life. I did not say a carefree life or an untroubled life, but rather a purposeful productive and positive life. If we're going to be consecrated and committed to Christ, then we must understand the word of God will play a vital role in our surrender to the Lord and our effectiveness in staying with and serving him. You cannot leave the word of God out of our lives and expect to grow spiritually. If our desire is to exhibit and have genuine and sincere fervency for God, we must develop a love and passion for God's word. What you do with the word of God may just determine what God does with you. First Peter chapter two, verse two, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. God will reveal himself and speak to us through his word. Isaiah here being led by the Holy Spirit of God wrote these verses in order that we might know and understand that the word of God is critical. The word of God is essential. And the word of God is necessary if our aim is to be consecrated and sanctified unto the Lord. I just want you to know you need God's word. You need it. The same way you need water, the same way you need food, you need the word of God. The Bible says here in verse 10, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower the and bread to the eater. That, that That's what verse 10 says. And, and here's what you need to get out of verse 10. Verse 10 literally is saying that there's a purpose and a reason for the rain and the snow and they produce something. There's an effect that they have on the earth. That That's really the gist of verse 10, but I don't wanna spend time on verse 10. I wanna really jump right into verse 11. Verse 11 begins with these words, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Yeah, he, he goes from giving an illustration of rain and snow and the benefits of them. And immediately in verse 11 says, so shall my word be. He says there's a benefit to rain and snow, but there's also a benefit to the word of God. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. The first point that I want you to get is the proprietor of the word, the proprietor of the word. Allow me to digress for one second. Verse 10 starts with the word for, meaning God is continuing his train of thought. The lavish pardon and the invitation to his feast he offers earlier in this chapter are communicated to us in his word. He compares his word to the rain and the snow that fall from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making plants sprout. And in the same way, God sends forth his word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. God is the proprietor of the word. Yeah, he's the proprietor of the word. God's holy word is the point of contact between him and the people of the earth. And without the word of God, we would have no way to know him. If the Bible did not exist, God would have to personally appear or verbally speak out in order to communicate with us. But by giving us his holy word, God has given us access to him. Yeah, that's what he's done. And in that continued access, he shares with us, he desires to teach us and for us to know. The Bible is not some book made up of people with gifted imaginations. The Bible is a book grafted and fixed together by the influence of the true and the living God. He is the proprietor of the word. Proprietor means that he and he alone is the owner and the administrator of the word. Yeah, yeah. He's the owner and the administrator. I know you, you bought your Bible, but the words that are written in your Bible are from God himself, the true and the living. He is the owner of the thought and the words which appear on the paper, and he is the administrator of his word. What a disgrace it is when we know more church protocol than we do God's word. How dishonoring it is when the word of God has to take a back seat to the programs and the activities in the church. How discrediting it is when music dominates the worship service and the word of God is not appreciated, valued, desired, respected, and esteemed. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That, that's what 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 declares unto us. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God the greek word for given by the inspiration of god is one word theopneustos theopneustos means to breathe or blow it means something is prompted by god and divinely inspired. In other words, God breathed or blew his word by way of his spirit into the spirit of man that they may capture verbatim, precisely, and exactly the thoughts and the views of God himself. Listen to me. It may have their personality attached to them, words that were chosen, the words that were scribed by so many people, some of the of the Bible, those words were chosen and directed by God himself. Yeah, they they didn't have free reign to write whatever they wanted. They did not have the ability to add to God's word and or to take away from God's word. All they could do is write what was inspired into their spirit by the Holy Spirit of God himself. He is the proprietor of the word. It is God and God alone. Let me tell you what that means, family. That means his word is reliable if it's written by God. That means his word is relevant because it's written by God. That means his word is refreshing because it's written by God. That means his word is remarkable because it's written by God. That means his word is revealing because it's written by God. God is the proprietor of his word. He says, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. Wow. Not only is the proprietor of the word of God critical, let me tell you the productivity of the word. Is critical, yeah. The productivity of the word. The Bible says there in the second portion of verse eleven, "It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please." Listen, preachers, not what the preacher pleases, but what God pleases. Not not what the motherboard pleases, but what God pleases. The Bible says, Paul declares unto us in first Thessalonians chapter two, verse 13, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Did, did you get the last part of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13? The Bible says they received the word of God, that it was the truth, that it was his word, and it effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's productivity of the word. Of God, Paul proclaims in 1 Thessalonians that when the word of God is received as the truth, it is effectual and it works in us, those of us who believe. The, the phrase effectual worketh is also translated as mighty works. Did you know family that the word of God manifests itself in productivity? within his people that we might go forth manufacturing mighty works. The more word, the more productivity. God is here asserting that his word shall not return to him void, that his word goes forth and it produces fruit, that his word would not come back to him without having accomplished the purpose for which he sent it forth in the first place. His word will most certainly achieve what he sent it to do it is the Word of God that convicts the wicked of their sins and stirs them to repentance. It is the Word of God that tells people to cleanse their minds of evil faults and correct their evil behaviors. I said earlier that the Word of God is revealing. Listen to me the productivity of God's Word rests in the fact that his word reveals it divulges it makes known to us the greatness of our God. And if it reveals to us, if it divulges to us the greatness of our God, it also then reveals to us and divulges to us the frailness of ourselves. Whenever you can see God, as big as he is, in the space that he occupies, in the glory that is only due unto him, it makes you look frail in comparison. Yeah, God has sent his word for it to accomplish some things, to produce some things, to complete some things, and it does exactly what he desires for it to do. Amen. Somebody else say, man, back to me. I- I'm telling you, it does exactly what he wants it to do. The Bible says, the Bible says in Psalm 19, verse 7 and 8, that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Let me just read that again. This is Psalm 19, verse 7 and 8. The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect. The law is the word of God. Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure. The testimony is the word of God, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, the statutes are the word of God, are right, rejoicing the heart. And then the commandment of the Lord, the commandment is the word of God, is pure, enlightening, the eyes. The more law of the Lord, the more testimony of the Lord, the more statutes of the Lord, and the more commandments of the Lord we get, the better off we will be. Listen to me, family. If you want to be better, then you have to get into the word of God. For those of us who are slacking and those of us who are slothful and those of us who are sluggish about doing the work of ministry, perhaps the problem is not the church's inability to inspire you. Maybe, just maybe, you don't have enough word in you. Yeah, because if you get the word in you, the Bible tells us here, there'll be some rejoicing. There'll be some enlightening of eyes. The Bible says there'll be some converting of the soul and there'll be some wisdom to apply to our everyday lives. Yeah, it's all there and it's all in the word of God. That's the reason you're not as productive and fruitful for the kingdom as you otherwise would be. The Bible says that we are to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15, many people think that that verse only applies to preachers. However, listen to me, that's not so family. The more we study the word of God, the more we apply the truths of God, And that which we come to know of God, the more productive we will be, not just in the kingdom, but in life in general. Yeah, if you're going to be consecrated to God, you have to understand and know a couple of things. First, you have to understand and know the proprietor of the word. The, the proprietor of the word is God. It is his word. And because it's his word, you have to understand the productivity of the word. Man, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Lastly, lastly, family, uh, once you understand the proprietor of the word, the productivity of the word, the last one is you have to know and understand the power of the word, the power of the word. Yes. And he says here at the end of verse 11, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Who, what is the it? The it is not an individual. It's not a person, but the it is the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful. In other words, it has the ability to grab you in your moment of sorrow and lift your spirits. It has the ability to convict your heart and your mind in the midst of your foolishness. It has the ability to provide hope to you in the midst of sorrows and uncertainty. All of that comes because of the word of God, because the word of God is powerful. It is It is the makeup and the fabric of the Word of God. It is power in and of itself. It has the power to do things that no other word, no other philosophy, no other poetry could ever do for you like the Word of God has the ability to do for you. But you have to desire to want to be in the Word of God. And I am telling you what a sad testimony it is for many believers who profess. Jesus as Lord and Savior, who proclaim to be living for him, that he is the head and the architect of their life, and yet they spend no time in the word of God. What What a travesty that is, that you can't take an hour, a half hour, 20 minutes of each morning and each evening to just get away in order that you might be consecrated to God, in order that God may sanctify you even the more. I'm not telling you you're bad. I'm just telling you, you can be better if you get into the word of God. I'm telling you the power of the word and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. It is the word of God that convicts our minds and stirs us to repentance. It is the word of God that causes us to get off that which is crooked and bad and convicts us to want to change our lives. There's something about the word of God that troubles our spirit to the degree that the more you read it, the more you want to read it. The more you consume of it, the more you want it. You desire it like a baby wants milk, Believers ought to want the Word of God. Real Christians ought to want the Word of God. It's more important than the fellowship in the church because the Word of God is what changes my situation, my circumstances, and the dynamic of the direction in which I'm going. God has a way of getting me off of all of that and putting us on a street called straight. But it cannot happen unless we are in the word of God. I'm telling you, if you want change, get in God's word. If you want to be enlightened, get in God's word. If you want to have the best that God has to offer, you have to get into his word. Word of God has the power to shift, to change, and redirect the lies of those who are willing to accept it. That's a fact. Uh, Some of you are walking, living testimony. And when people see you, even now, they cannot believe that God has brought you from where he's brought you from. You, You are a miracle, and of yourself. Just the fact that you were on drugs for years and years and years and all of a sudden the word of God got a hold of you and you were able to put down the pipe and you were able to put down the weed and you were able to put down all of the stuff that had your mind all messed up because the word of God took over and God says, I have a better plan for you. There are some of us on here, right now, that's listening to this podcast, and I'm telling you, you should not be as far along and progressive as you are. But the fact of the matter is, you surrendered to the will of God, and when you surrendered to God, God was able to bring you into some things that you otherwise would have never experienced because you weren't right in your behavior and in your mind, and now all of a sudden you can truly enjoy the blessings that God has showered upon you. The word prosper is a verb and it means to rush, to break forth, to come mightily. It describes the Holy Spirit's effect on a person making them powerful. Yeah, it's one thing to be productive. It's an altogether different thing to be productive and powerful. God's holy and righteous word is equipped and full of power. It's full of power. I said earlier that God's word is revealing and I I knew I would come back to it because that was the purpose in which I said it is in order to revisit it. In other words, Mm -hmm. let me parenthetically digress for one second because I want you to get the power of God's word because it's his power that makes his word so revealing. Yeah. If if you're willing to accept the word of God, the word of God reveals who God is. It reveals the sacrifice in which Christ made. It reveals the gift that we have by way of the Holy Spirit. It reveals the enemy we have in the devil. It reveals the fall of man. It reveals the promises in which God has placed upon his people, but you have to receive the word of God. But here's the one thing that you have to get from this point. You have to understand that even if you don't accept the word of God, it does not negate the power of God's word. Yeah, even if you don't accept it, it doesn't negate, it doesn't suppress the power because the power of God stands alone in supremacy and in authority. There is no other book likened to the book that is the Bible. That is the word of of God. Search as you might, but there's nothing like the word of God. I'm telling you, it will never become outdated. It will never become obsolete. It has outlasted all the writings of mankind and it still stands as the beacon with no equals and it will continue to do so. Well, how do you know, preacher? Because Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse eight, that the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand. Forever. Let let me bring this to a close, family. In other words, it's important that you and I understand and know that the word of God has staying power. Yeah, it has staying power. Even though the wild winds of persecution have blown mightily against it, it has power and it's still standing. Yeah. The strong waves of immorality have lashed out against it. It has power and it's still standing. The axes of atheism have tried to cut it down, but it has power and it's still standing. Generation after generation after generation after generation have tried to bury it, but guess what? It has power and it's still standing. The power of the word of God. Is still moving and manipulating. It's still convincing and converting. It's still restoring, regenerating, redeeming, renewing, and reviving lost souls. For the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, for from him and through him and back to him are all things. That, that, that's power. That's power, family. That's power. I'm telling you, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you God's word has the power to deal with your issues. God's word in it are answers to every question, to every problem, to every scenario that you'll ever face, that you faced in the past, that you're currently facing, or that you'll ever face in the future. God has an answer to the problem. And it's in his word. It's in his word family, listen, if we're going to be consecrated to Christ, if we're going to understand the fundamentals of the concepts of consecration, there's a couple of things that you and I have to know specifically as it pertains to the word of God. One, we have to develop a love, a dependence upon God's word. We have to love his word and we have to depend on his word. How do you do that? The first thing you have to understand is the proprietor of The word, the proprietor of the word. Who is the owner and the administrator of the word of God? He is. The Bible says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. God is the proprietor of the word. The second thing, though, you have to understand is the productivity of the word. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. In other words, the word of God is fruitful. It is productive because it produces something in the children of God. But then finally, family, we have to know and understand the power of the word. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Wow, listen to all those personal pronouns in there. I, me, And my, it's amazing because God is telling you that this really ain't about you. This is really about him. Amen. And I am thankful today that the word of God, I've cried myself to sleep on many a night. And I thank God that his word was there to comfort me. In the midst of my struggle, I've had anxiety and uncertainty about what God was doing in my life, and I thank him that he took me in his word and revealed unto me his plans for me. I thank God that as friends and family have turned their back and walked away from me, that God's word showed me that he was my friend and he sticketh closer than a brother. Is there anybody out there in internet land that can relate to what a brother? Is saying right now. I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope the word of God is all that to you and then some, because if it is, you're on your way to being consecrated to Christ. Listen, family, we got to go. I pray that you've gotten something out of this message. I pray, I am praying that you develop a thirst and a hunger for the word of God. I'm telling you, it will do you good. It'll do a body good and a mind and a soul and a spirit. It'll do you good if you develop a thirst and a hunger for the word of God. Listen, family, we are out of minutes. We're never out of message uh, until we meet again. We wanna make sure that in this 2020 experience, listen, make sure in all you're doing and all you're being and in all you're getting that God is glorified. God bless you, family. We love you. Hello, family, it's Pastor Thomas, and I wanna thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. We pray that something was said that encouraged and inspired your heart during this difficult time. I pray that you are being strong and that your spiritual resolve is being fortified and strengthened during this difficult time. To the Mount Sinai family, we wanna encourage you, if you've not done so yet, to make sure that as you go on to the website, that you would take a moment to go on and hit the PayPal button and that you would send your tithes and your offerings to the church. We are still a church body and we are still in need of the financial support in which you provide on a consistent and regular basis. If you do not feel comfortable by uh, sending your tithes and offerings by way of PayPal, you can feel free to send a money order or a check or a cashier's check to the church. Uh, attention, uh, our secretary, Sister Lydia Haley, she'll make sure that the deacons get it We ask that you please do not send cash to the church. And then also we wanna encourage those of you who are listening in other states and other countries, we wanna thank you for tuning in. I pray that you were encouraged today by that which you've heard. And also uh, for those of you who are unchurched and unsaved, I pray that this not take the place of uh, a local ministry for you, but that you would go and find a Bible preaching Bible teaching and God-faring church to join with and become a part of that you might go forth sowing much fruit in the kingdom of God. Family, we love you and we thank God for you. And remember, God will be glorified. I can't stop.